Are you a sneakerhead? Yeah, boy! A baller? Ballin'. Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. Nice take by James. Oh, he stops! LeBron James puts it down in the face of James Johnson. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. And it goes off to Kobe. Good to ride Kobe underneath. Puts his nose on the line again. Makes the basket. He's fouled. Oh, what a play. And Kobe, after he was fouled, after the ball nestled in the net, he waved to a cameraman down in front. Says, take my picture, baby. Sixers running the break. Iverson accelerating to the jam. It's kicks and bricks where we got game on the streets, and on the court. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. And here's your host, Jamel Cutler. What up, what up? Welcome to Kicks. Today we have one of the stars of Power Book force my guy anthony fleming how are you my guy i'm all good man how you doing i'm all right man thanks for asking so um since you're on power and it takes place in your hometown of chicago does force have a a special meaning to you since it takes place um in chicago it really does um to be a son of chicago and to be able to wake up every morning and essentially go to my backyard and film this wonderful wonderful show man it would really it really has been a blessing and um the way that chicago is portrayed on screen it really brings a lot of pride to not only my heart but to a lot of chicagoans man for us to see our city this you know portrayed this way because chicago is a really dope city man it's beautiful there are you know it's it's a big city but it's a lot different from say new york or la you know it has definitely has its own flavor its own style I've heard it said of Chicago that it's a city that can both break your heart and fill your heart at the same time, you know, because there's there's a lot of duality in this city. There's a lot of fucked up shit, of course, you know, just like any major city, we got our fucked up shit too, but there's a lot of beauty here and a lot of genuine, authentic, just, you know, from the earth kind of people. So to uh to have the show be such a character like New York was a major character in the first series, you know, Chicago is just as big of a character in power book four force. Since you've been on the show, like how many people have stopped you on the street, just talking shit to you about the show, man, you know, just a handful, you know, mm-hmm. not really talking shit. Just, you know, in Chicago was more low key than that. I think we're just like, Oh, yo, man, you want force, ain't you? You know, I was talking to my man's in line at Nike town and, he recognized me uh, from the show. My man was driving a bus, the CTA bus the other day. He yelled out the window, you know, what up JP? So, you know, just say what up, salute, so we keep it moving. But you know, it's it's been, it's been all love, man. Can you talk about like all the critical success that the show has touted since it premiered um, a couple of weeks ago? I mean, the power universe is huge, man. And um, this was the most, watched premiere of any show on the network, you know, 3.3 million people, um, which topped out Dexter at the time and also White Lotus on HBO. So uh, this is a show that a lot of people fuck with, a lot of people watch, a lot of people have invested a lot of time, 
and effort and energy into the story and into these characters, especially Tommy Egan, you know, played by the wonderful Joseph Sakura. Um, definitely bringing it, bringing it to Chicago has has been everything, and just the acclaim and all the praise has been such a blessing. Because you know, we wrapped this, you know, six months ago or something like that. So we put it in, you know, in the can, getting ready to go, and then you don't know how it's going to look, man. So for it to come out and for it to be such a big hit because it was really anticipated out of all the spinoffs. I think everybody wanted to see what was going to happen with Tommy next. You know, they know how Tommy left the first series. He was a shell of a man who had experienced a lot of loss, a lot of betrayal. So he was leaving New York with nothing, man. Just that 69 Mustang, a bag full of cash, a couple of burners and his piece. And he just rolled through Chicago, man. And he's got to learn a whole new situation. So to have it here, man, has been fantastic. In a way, Force is kind of like an epilogue to the um, original series. Did you guys like feel any pressure as a cast to, you know, kind of deliver? So Force can can live up to the um, expectations that the original Power series has set? Indeed, man. You know, there's always a, a feeling of wanting to do the show justice, wanting to be truthful and give your best effort and energy into creating a, a show to continuing on the story uh, from the original, the original story that everybody fell in love with, just to see the natural progression and evolution of these characters. So there was definitely everybody coming to work, man. And, you know, in the Midwest, man, we hard hat lunch pail, you know, it was a very, let's get up, let's go to work, let's do what we got to do, and we're going to go party or go home or whatever. So it was just everybody was focused and everybody was really clicking on all cylinders, working at the top of their game to deliver this product. Which characters from like the original series did you rock with the most? Of course, Tommy, you know, of course, uh -huh. uh, Tommy really resonated with me. I felt that cat and ghost, uh, Liliana, uh, who's played by the very talented, you know, Audrey Esparza, who is in power book four, four. So having that crossover has been real dope because I really, like, you know, her her trajectory has been dope to watch as a runner on the street to now she's like pretty much 50-50 partners with, with Tommy <laughs> at his new thing in Chicago. So, you know, those are some of the characters. Um, Teresi, I forget that, William Adler, who played Teresi, uh, who's a fantastic actor, and to see the relationship with him and uh, Sakura was really cool because... Mm -hmm. Just, I just thought they had a great dynamic and they really played well off of each other. So, you know, the, the power, the whole series, man, the whole franchise is just rich, full of fantastic performers, head to toe, man, top to bottom. How about some of the worst characters? For me, like, I really hated Holly, like, you know, when Tommy killed her. Yeah. And that, I mean, like, I don't, like, condone violence against women or anything like that, but, mm. but that lady was just irritating but that lady was just too irritating to me. Yeah, she got under a lot of people's skin, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, man, Tommy, Tommy really loved her. You know, he really connected with her and saw something of a kindred spirit with her. Um, and that's gonna be the tragedy that haunts him until his dying day. Uh, you know who I didn't like? I mean, the char his character was my man, Dre. A lot original. of people say that though, yeah. A lot yeah. of people say that. Yeah. They either go with Dre or Zeke from um, the last one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could see that too. 
All right, so like fashion is obviously a big part of the show, and like mm-hmm. you're a big sneakerhead. Like, who on force besides yourself um, has the best sneaker rotation? Let me see who got a nice rotation. My man Ahmad Ferguson, who played Marshall, he got a shout out to Ahmad Ferguson, young cat coming up straight out of GI Gary, Indiana. Watch out for that cat. He's doing things for sure. But he got a nice rotation. We chop it up on sneakers back and forth on social media. Uh, Lucian Cambrick, who plays D-Mac, my son on the show, he's got a nice rotation. He likes a lot of Adidas, like myself. Uh, who got a t- uh, Sakura. He got a pretty nice rotation, you know. Uh, he likes to keep it old school like myself. He likes the superstars. And uh, that's really, he wears some designer stuff, I think, every now and then. I've seen him rock. Uh, of course, 50. 50 got a real nice rotation. But, yeah, I think that I would definitely be top three. I'd say top three. When did you first realize that you were um, a sneakerhead? Man, really my whole life. You know, when I was a shorty, I was in fifth grade, man. And uh, that's when I got the first pair of sneakers that kind of changed my life. It's those sneakers right there that are that are floating and rotating. Just a pair of Chucks blue with a yellow tongue and I got them for my birthday when I was fifth grade. And before that, man, I had like Payless shoes. Payless is a really cheap shoe store here in Chicago. Uh, you can find like, you know, back then it was probably $4 shoes. Didn't even come in a box. They had like a string that attached them, you know? Um, so this was like my first pair of shoes. And I remember being a kid opening that box and, you know, I'd always been a really quiet, shy kid, but, I remember opening that box, man, and seeing these bright blue, brand new yellow chucks with the long white laces. And it just, I felt like I was 10 feet tall, man. I put them on my feet real quick, laced them up. The laces were so long, I had to wrap them like around my leg twice, I think, my my lower leg. And then I just ran down the street, man. I remember just feeling like I was the fastest cat, the dopest cat. So sneakers for me really kind of helped transition me and break me out of that shell when I was a little kid, you know, kind of helped me kind of explore and go into more performing and acting and in school and that type of thing. But it was sneakers, man. Getting those something about those first pair of sneakers. And one year, a few years ago, my son, uh, who's 17, who's also, we kind of get into sneakers together, which is real dope. We kind of father and son tag team it. You know, we go to conventions and uh, he's a reseller. So he'd be flipping shoes daily. Um, uh, here in Chicago, he laced his whole high school, which is dope. You know, students and teachers uh, fuck with him. It's just so cool to see, you know. But one year for Christmas or my birthday or something, man, he gave me that those pair of shoes because I told him that story and he had them custom made to the same colorway. And man, he had me having those same feelings again as a little kid when I opened that box. So um, that was sort of the first pair that set off this whole thing. But really, I've only been seriously collecting for a little over two years, probably, you know, a little over two years ago, I probably had like 10 or 12 pairs of sneakers. So it's something that has blossomed quickly uh, for me as a collector. Being that you're from Chicago and um, do you like automatically just go to like Jordans or like, do you like buy other pairs like SB Dunks or like Air yeah. Force Ones? I buy all of that. You know, I love to have, you know, a diverse collection. Um, I really rock with Adidas real hard, but I got, you know, I got a lot of Jordans. Ones and fours are my favorite, you know, but I got, you know, uh, fives and sixes, 13s, 14s. I got a bunch of dunks. SB Dunk Lows are my favorite. I got like 20 pair of those that I I really dig. 
Um, so yeah, man, I, I love Saucony's, uh, New Balance. Uh, I got DC, man, all kind of stuff. Uh, Diodora, New Balance. I just started rocking with some New Balance joints that I did. Uh, some Converse. So I like to, you know, I like to be diverse with it because I think as a sneakerhead, there's so many dope options and there's so many dope sneakers that have great stories behind them. So many brands out there doing a thing that, you know, sometimes it's easy to get funneled into one thing, you know, especially when they release a different pair of Jordans every week or whatever. So I try not to be just a Jordan here, but, you know, kind of diversify. And New Balance, they got some, some, um, some serious heat out like Teddy Saints, like he really putting them on his back right now. Yeah, he came came through what a couple of years ago, and just mm-hmm. like recently cha- actually. Yeah, and just changed the whole thing for them. But um, yeah, I've been kind of reaching back and getting some older New Balance. I got a pair of those five fifties in the colorway I dig, and then uh, I like that five seven four model. Um, you know, I'm also a runner, so. I kind of like the feel of running shoes. Um, so like Saucony, New Balance, uh, those are sort of the shoes I tend to lean towards when, I'm, when you talk about performance and running. Do you use like Air Max for um, running? Because that's really a performance shoe. Yeah. No, man, my Air Max are more lifestyle shoes. You know, I love the Air Max 90. That's my favorite. Um, but I've just been getting into Air Max ones a little bit. Um, but no, I don't. I don't really run in these. I just bought the original Air Max from like 85, 84, whatever, the Sean Weatherspoon OG ones. Oh, yeah, the spoons. Yeah, man, those are some. Yeah, that's like true. one shoe. I wish they were like kind of OG. Yeah, yeah. Were they, uh, were they DS? Did you get a new pair? Nah, they were, um, nah, they were like falling apart. They were like from the 80s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. So you got like the OG, OG. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, crumbling on you, huh? I'll get that crumble going on. Mm-hmm. Is there a sneaker from like that time that that you want to see kind of like get the OG treatment? From what the eighties? Yeah, like eighties and nineties. That hasn't been like OG yet. Man, I'd have to sit and think about. It. Not that I can think of, man. I mean, they really, you know. Let me see. I love the rivalry. It's an Adidas basketball shoe from the nineties. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Patrick Ewing used to wear it before he got his own signature shoe. Um, so I kind of like them bulkier, you know, stompers when it comes to old school retro 90 basketball shoes. Uh, I mean, I've been fucking with Iversons lately too. I've been trying to get into those a little bit. You like Iversons? Back in the day, I used to rock with a lot of Iversons, but um, now I really don't. I used to rock with Iversons and, um, and that Reebok shoe that D Brown used to rock, the one with the pump on it. I oh yeah, what it was called. Yeah, what is it? The Omni Zone. Damn, I forgot no, what it was called. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I remember them joints, of course. Yeah, it had the pump on the tongue. Yeah, man, I remember when those came out. Those are everybody trying to get those. We kind of grew up in the golden age of sneakers. Like, do you ever think we'll get back to a time where sneakers are like just more than a hype beast type of thing? Man, you know, I don't know. I mean, they're so accessible now. It's such a part of mainstream culture, you know, whereas before it was a little bit, I mean, you could go into Foot Locker and there'd be shit sitting on shelves, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, heat. But now it's just, it's not like that. With the, when the last dance dropped and what that did, 
the impact that made for the sneaker culture. And then I think COVID too, COVID sort of pushed everybody inside to online, you know, shopping for sneakers. Um, so no one's camping out no more, you know, no one's really standing in line and doing that type of thing. So I think that energy is probably a thing of the past or maybe not, I don't know, but it's just, it's just everywhere now, man. And it's, it's just, you know, real commercial and it's, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, it's very saturated in, in our everyday, I think. And I kind of also feel like most of the sneaker companies, they're disconnected from their core audience. Like they use influence. Mm. Um, influencers with like a large social media presence to push whatever they feel the cool sneaker is and like back in the day when we were coming up you know all the street guys kind of dictated what was hot like what do you think about that, that drastic change in the culture yeah now it's about followers and you know who's doing the dope TikTok with the Jordan ones on you know and uh, that that definitely is, is an energy that is different now what I would love to see is just for cats to always remember, you know, the genesis of this whole thing. And I think if we can keep that energy as part of the culture, you know, keep the energy of, you know, cats like Run DMC, the first recording artist to sign a sneaker deal, you know, keep paying homage to cats like that, to, to the cats who came before us in this game. I think that will help kind of help us pay homage to those who came before us and help kind of shape and pave the, the future of the sneaker culture because you know it's even though it is kind of mass saturated or whatever it's still it's still dope i'm a part of it I, you know i say that and i'm surrounded by hundreds of sneakers you know what i mean but at the same time you can't lose sight of the root you know how this all jumped off and i think we tend to do that with um just how many options we have and how much stuff is being thrown at us and it's you know kind of less about the story and the creation of it or the you know the root of it as is, you know, what celebrity wore it in the latest video or whatever the fuck, you know? So I think we got to keep it, keep it back, you know, to just remembering where it all, where it all came from. And what do you think about like the high-end fashion companies like Dior teaming up with like say Nike or whatever? Like, I think it's pretty dope, but like keeping it real, like regular people can't, you know, afford those joints at resale prices. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, you know, that's never been my speed. You know, I've never really kind of liked to travel in that lane um, as far as, you know, having to get something that was a collab with some high-end fashion designer. You know, personally, that's not how I identify as a sneakerhead or that's not the type of shoes I kind of go after. Um, but I get it, man. There's a market for it. There is a lane for it. Is it the only lane? No. Is that the way that you have to identify as a consumer? as a, you know, someone who gives a fuck about sneaker culture. No, not at all. I think it's just, it's one option. Another dude I want to see, like do another big collab with Nike is Don C. Like I really love yeah. his um Just Don, Air Jordan 2s. I got both the joints actually. Oh, word? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, man. So like, when so like what do you think fine. about his um sneaker legacy? I think he really came in and, you know, did his thing. You know, big love to Don C from Chicago. And he really put his own flavor and spin. I mean, those tools are dope with that quilted material, that quilted leather look. Um, yeah, man, dope shoe. He took a shoe like a two that nobody was really rocking with until recently. And he put his own spin on it and made it a shoe that people want to fuck with. So to do that to a Jordan, that's huge. That's huge. That's just shows 
his strength as an artist and you know just shout outs to him how about um kanye's sneaker legacy like he's another sneaker dude and he and his sneaker um legacy like he had a big impact at both adidas and nikes he did he really did man you can't deny it um you can't deny his impact personally his, his shoes are not appealing to me uh, i don't have any mm -hmm. yeezys in my in my collection but you know you can't yeah none man you can't deny what he what he did to the game you know what he did to the game what do you think question for you how do you think he's faring currently in in uh, the world of sneakers i mean like creatively he's doing stuff that nobody else is doing and yeah. you know and like people are responding they're buying it so like i really think he should continue pushing those boundaries that and and like continue having that creative freedom that he didn't have at nike yeah yeah there's no telling what's gonna be next from him a lot of his mm -hmm. stuff though i feel you know is talking about oversaturation i feel they do that with a lot of his stuff man a lot of those 350s that drop with you know just a very small change in the colorway it's just too much of the same man and i just wonder is that gonna ultimately hurt his legacy i think eventually people will jump off the um yeezy bandwagon but i think now he's kind of up there it's like him and travis scott as far as rappers with yeah. with collabs right now indeed indeed and those slides man what you think about them slides oh man those are the most comfortable joints i ever wore that's like, what everybody I, say man yeah that's yeah. the only yeezys i i have right now okay yeah, I live I live in New York and I wish I could wear them joints everywhere. <laughs> but I can't cause because one day yeah. it's 70 degrees, the the next day is snowing. So yeah, I'm hip. I know what you're talking about. Living in Chicago. <laughs> same deal. Yeah. All right, bro. So before we go, I like to play a game. It's called Start Bench Cut. I just name like three things and you just tell me if you're gonna start it, bench it, or cut it. All right, all right, all right. So the first one is sneaker collabs. We got Off White and Nike, Travis, um, Travis Scott, X Nike, and Drake, X Nike. I'm gonna start Off White. I'm a bench Drake, and I'm cutting Travis. Did you get those new joints Drake just dropped last week? No, nah, I didn't grab those. You get those? Yeah, yeah. One of my sources got it for me. Look at that. All right, <laughs> that's what's up. Mm -hmm. All right, so um, like, which rapper you think has like the hardest collection? Um, DJ Khaled, Fat Joe, or Drake? I don't know if I've ever seen a collection video on Drake, but I definitely have on mm -hmm. Fat Joe and Khaled. I think Khaled got a better display room, but I don't know, man. The collection video I saw on Fat Joe, man, that cat just got history in his collection. I mean, he got shit that you ain't never going to see again. You know, he got so much stuff. Um, it's like a museum. His collection is museum worthy. So I think he has probably one of the top three collections in the game that I've seen. You know, you've seen that uh, Kenny, Kenny G, the perfect pair. Nah, I never seen those. This cat, he lives out in Vegas. He's got one of the dopest PE and sample collections I've ever seen. His name is the perfect pair. And then, uh, of course, Mayor, you from New York, you know Mayor, Mayor's collection. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But yeah. he just sold all his shit to uh, 2Js, mm -hmm. right? He dropped some weight a couple years ago, and then he sold all, like, a lot of his stuff. I brought, like, two pairs of dunks from him. Oh, word? <laughs> yeah. That's dope, man. So I'm like, 
And then, all right, so the next one, we have um, Kanye's collection from Nike or his collection from Adidas. You can just pick one, pick one. Nike, his collection with Nike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I like the Red Octobers, man. Yeah, you know, that's one of those up there. Mm-hmm. My my homeboy who I ch- chop it up with sneakers, uh, DJ Dell, shout out to him on the sneaker attic. He got a pair of those. He show them off for me every now and then. Those are pretty, man. You know, if I can get an, another pair of them, like I want somebody to like kind of do some custom work on it and give it the off-white treatment. Like, Yo, you would customize your Red Octobers? If I had an extra pair, I would. Only got yeah. one pair, so. <laughs> yeah. I would send right. them joints off to the to the sneaker surgeon and just ask them. To give us some off-white vibes, huh? Mm-hmm. Check that. All right, so the last one, we have power characters. We have Tommy, Ghost, or Tariq. What am I picking here? Um, Star Bencher Cut. Oh, start bench or cut. Yeah. Yo, of course, without a doubt, running and gunning, starting lineup, ain't coming off nobody's bench. My man, Tommy Egan, stardom, baby. Coming off the bench is going to be my man, Ghost. You know, he's going to come off the bench, be sixth man of the year. And we cutting little homie Tariq. Well, I thought you was going to go the other way with that. Oh, what? Yeah, cut Ghost and um, bench Tariq. No, no, we're going to have ghosts coming off the bench and we're going to send Tariq home to the bed. <laughs> Yo, how many people ask you if Ghost is still alive? Man, lots. You know, power <laughs> fans are mad vocal and I love that, man. They will let you know how they feel and what they're thinking. And I dig it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, a lot of cats want that. You know, that just shows his impact. That just shows how strong, you know, shout out to my man Omari, you know, how strong he portrayed that role. People think my man's still around, you know? He got that big in Tupac status. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, man. Um, I want to thank you for joining me today. You know, I really enjoyed this conversation. Anytime I get to talk about power and, and um and sneakers, you know, that's a real good day for me. Like, do you have any special projects that you're working on? Man, you know, I'm working on a couple of things. And, uh, you know, I do a lot of voiceover work here in Chicago. So... Got a couple of things that I'm working on, so you might be hearing my voice on your uh, nearest device real soon. All right, bro, thanks.